0: Welcome to A Star Witness. Hello everyone, this is Kayla bringing another episode and today we're going to talk about a very interesting subject and something that we all deal with in one form or another. So before we get started with that, let's say a word of prayer. That way the Lord will be with us as we learn more of him and of his wonderful mercy and love that he has for us. So with that, let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for all your many wonderful blessings. Thank you so much for the promises that you give us in the Bible for they are abundant and clear and just what we need when we have doubts and fears and when we are at our lowest and even at our highest. We always need you with us, Lord. Help us to remember that. Help us to put you first in our lives and get rid of all of the wickedness and the sin that goes on in this world. Help us to hate it. Help us to not want to have anything to do with it lord help us to continue to be led and be guided by your holy spirit lord fill us up so that we are overflowing help us to be a light to the world that is shed in darkness help us to get people to see that you love them with all of your heart soul and that you gave your life for them and that you want them to be with you forever help us lord as we are going through difficult times and that the world is becoming a crazier place lord we ask all these wonderful, precious things in your most glorious son's name. Amen. All right, so I want to talk about fears. We all have them, and they are numerous, whether it be fear of the animals, the dark, being left alone. I mean, there are a lot of fears, fears of dying, fears of not being good enough, fears of disappointing people, and the list goes on and on. There are so many things that people are afraid of. I have my fears. You have your fears. But how do we overcome fear? And I want to read this chapter in Mind, Character, and Personality, Volume 2. It's chapter 51, and it's talking all about fear. So with that, let's get started. Millions of human beings are bound down under false religions in the bondage of slavish fear, of stolid indifference, toiling like beasts of burden, bereaved of hope or joy or aspiration here. And with only a dull fear of the hereafter after. It is the gospel of the grace of God alone that can uplift the soul. We need to have a fear of what is to come. A healthy fear, not like a fear of like, oh no, what am I going to do? But we need to use that fear in order to get ready for what is to come. And many people are afraid to leave the beliefs that they once knew. We need to be willing to follow the Lord no matter what. And so we have to go to him and face those fears. She continues, many neglect to lay up for themselves a treasure in heaven by doing good with the means that God. God has lent them. They distrust God and have a thousand fears in regard to the future. Like the children of Israel, they have evil hearts of unbelief. God provided this people with abundance as their need required, but they borrowed trouble for the future. They complained and murmured in their travels that Moses had led them out to kill them and their children with hunger. Imaginary want closed their eyes and hearts from seeing the goodness and mercies of God in their journeyings, and they were ungrateful for all of his bounties. So also, are the distrustful professed people of God in this age of unbelief and degeneracy. They fear that they may come to want or that their children may become needy or that their grandchildren will be destitute. They dare not trust God. They have no genuine faith in him who has entrusted them with the blessings and bounties of life and who has given them talents to use to his glory in advancing his cause. This kind of fear makes us truly fearful. If we let this fear control our life, we are going to let every other fear control our life. Because we need to put our trust in God and that is the only way that our fears can be taken care of. It is the only way that we will be able to make it to the other side where we won't have to worry about the things going on in our life or the things that we worry about on a normal daily basis. We can put those fears and those worries into the hands of the Lord and trust Him. That is putting our true fear aside by laying down our burdens at Jesus' feet. She continues, God never forces the will or the conscience, but Satan's constant resort to gain control of those whom he cannot otherwise seduce is compulsion by cruelty. Through fear or force, he endeavors to rule the conscience and to secure homage to himself. To accomplish this, he works through both religious and secular authorities, moving them to the enforcement of human laws in defiance of the law of God. If we take counsel with our doubts and fears, or try to solve everything that we cannot see clearly before we have faith, perplexities will only increase and deepen. But if we come to God feeling helpless and dependent as we really are, and in humble trusting faith make known our wants to Him, whose knowledge is infinite, who sees everything in creation, and who governs everything by His word and will, He can and will attend to our cry, and will let light shine in to our hearts. Through sincere prayer, we are brought into connection with the mind of the infinite. We may have no remarkable evidence at the time that the face of our Redeemer is bending over us in compassion and love, but this is even so. We may not feel his visible touch, but his hand is upon us in love and pitying tenderness. This is such a beautiful paragraph, and it's so powerful. We do not realize how much the Lord is there for us, and we cannot always base what we're doing based off of feelings. In other words, what I'm saying is we can't let our emotions control us because we can be feeling something that necessarily isn't good. For instance, we can confess that we're sorry, but we can still feel the guilt of what we did, even though we've been forgiven. And this applies not only when we ask God for forgiveness of our sins, but also in regard to others when we do them wrong and we ask for forgiveness, we can still feel bad even though they told us that it's alright. And even though God forgives us, sometimes we still feel poor, wretched, miserable, naked, and blind, even though the Lord said, I've washed you white as snow and your sins are no more. So these things in our lives that control us, fear is like chains that bind us down, holding us back from our true potential. And that true potential is only possible if we are connected by faith with God. And in order to do that, we need to break ourselves down and go to him feeling helpless and dependent, like she says. We need to depend fully on God, and that takes faith. And even if we only have a little bit of faith, we need to start there and build upward. The Christian walk takes a lot of prayer and reliance on the Lord, and that is really hard to give up our dependence upon the Lord because we like doing things ourselves and we can kind of trust ourselves to get things done but we need to have that same trust in the Lord and it's hard because we can't see him and we don't know what's going on but that is also part of faith. We need to believe the promises and that's another great thing about all of the precious promises in the Bible that the Lord gives us. It casts out all fear in our minds and we'll get into that more in a little bit. She continues with this. That which brings sickness of body and mind to nearly all is dissatisfied feelings and discontented repinings. They have not God. They have not the hope which reaches to that within the veil, which is an anchor to the soul, both sure and steadfast. All who possess this hope will purify themselves even as He is pure. Such are free from restless longings, repinings, and discontent. They are not continually looking for evil and brooding over borrowed trouble, but we see many who are having Having a time of trouble beforehand. Anxiety is stamped upon every feature. They seem to find no consolation, but have a continual fearful looking for of some dreadful evil. You should have a clear comprehension of the gospel. The religious life is not one of gloom and of sadness, but of peace and joy, coupled with Christ like dignity and holy solemnity. We are not encouraged by our Savior to cherish doubts and fears and distressing forebodings. These bring no relief to the soul and should be rebuked rather than praised. We may have joy unspeakable and full of glory. So as soon as we get these fears and doubts in our minds and all of these worries start pressing upon us, we need to shut those thoughts down immediately and start claiming the promises of the Lord and start praying to the Lord and asking him to relieve our fears and our worries and lay them all on the altar to the Lord because all of that does is weigh your soul down and you can't be happy when you are always worried and sad and fearful about things you can't control all of the time she continues the Lord frequently places us in difficult positions to stimulate us to greater exertion in his providence special annoyances sometimes occur to test our patience and faith God gives us lessons of trust he would teach us where to look for help and strength in time of need thus we obtain practical knowledge of his divine will which we so much need in our life experience faith grows strong in earnest conflict with doubt and fear so sometimes these things happen to us for a reason we are put in a situation where our faith is tested where we need to lay all on the altar where we need to go to the Lord in prayer and have faith and trust that he will work with us and through us during the hard difficult times it's easy to be a Christian during the easy times when everything is sunshine and rainbows but it's a whole lot harder to say that you love and have faith in the Lord during the hard times when things seem to be going all wrong all around you. That is the time when your faith is truly put to the test. And sometimes we have all been in situations where we are having a difficult time and we can then look back and see how the Lord worked with us during those times, whether we realize it or not. We must be willing to go to the Lord in all seasons. The Lord wants to be there for us and he's willing to be there for us and we are told this time and time again. She continues, as Jesus rested by faith in the Father's care, so we are to rest in the care of our Savior. If the disciples had trusted in Him, they would have been kept in peace. Their fear in the time of danger revealed their unbelief. In their efforts to save themselves, they forgot Jesus, and it was only when in despair of self-dependence they turned to Him that He could give them help. How often the disciples experience is ours. When the tempests of temptation gather, and the fierce lightnings flash, and the waves sweep over us. We battle with the storm alone, forgetting that there is one who can help us. We trust in our own strength till our hope is lost, and we are ready to perish. Then we remember Jesus, and if we call upon him to save us, we shall not cry in vain. Though he sorrowfully reproves our unbelief and self-confidence, he never fails to give us the help we need, whether on the land or on the sea. If we have the Savior in our hearts, there is no need of fear. Living faith in the Redeemer will smooth the sea of life and will deliver us from danger in the way that he knows to be best. This is amazing and it reminds me of the story of the disciples speaking of the disciples when they were in that storm and Jesus was right on the boat with them and yet they feared that they were going to capsize and they were fearful of the storm around them and they had the Savior right there with them. How much more do we need to have prayer and have faith than when those disciples who had Jesus in their midst and was still fearful of the outcome. We need to take these lessons and improve upon them and learn from the mistakes of others. We need to have the Lord in our hearts so that we are not fearful of the things that are going on around us. We rely too much on ourselves. When we have a pilot who is capable of taking over and a captain who can weather any storm and we will land safe on the other side, that trust and faith is like no other and it is truly a great and precious gift. We do not have to fear for what is going on around us. We have a living faith and we can put that faith to the test and we can put that theory to the test time and time again and time and time again he will help us and it's so amazing that he will never fail us, that he will help us even when we do not deserve that help. That amazes me time and time again and that love knows no bounds and it's amazing to me that even though we mess up and though we don't deserve the help, he's willing to come and rescue us and save us and lead us to safer, calmer waters. She continues, those who minister to the sick should understand the importance of careful attention to the laws of health. Nowhere is obedience to these laws more important than in the sick room. Nowhere does so much depend upon faithfulness in little things on the part of the attendants. In case of serious illness, a little neglect, a slight inattention to a patient's special needs or dangers, the manifestation of fear, excitement, or petulance, even the lack of sympathy may turn the scale that is, balancing life and death and caused to go down to the grave a patient who otherwise might have recovered. So in other words, we need to be very careful in manifesting these sorts of emotions even when we're dealing with sick people because our emotions and our lack of faith can also affect the people that we are treating and we need to be able to show them that they can trust in the Lord and trust in the promises and that they can go to the Lord in times of need too. This is something that we all need to know and all understand because we all will be dealing with people in the last days who are sick and who are coming to us for help and we need to give them a right answer and show them that they have an anchor that can keep them through the storm and that they need to go to the Lord and it doesn't matter what might happen whether they recover from the illness or not they need to trust and rely on the Lord and know that he has their best intentions at heart and he knows what is best for them. She continues, faith takes God at his word not asking to understand the meaning of the Trying experiences that come. But there are many who have little faith. They are always fearing and borrowing trouble. Every day they are surrounded by the tokens of God's love. Every day they enjoy the bounties of His providence. But they overlook these blessings. And the difficulties they encounter, instead of driving them to God, separate them from Him by arousing unrest and repining. Jesus is their friend. All heaven is interested in their welfare. And their fear and repining grieve the Holy Spirit. Not because we see or feel that God hears us are we to believe we are to trust his promises when we come to him in faith we should believe that every petition enters into the heart of Christ when we have asked for his blessing we should believe that we receive it and thank him that we have it then we are to go about our duties assured that the blessing will be sent when we need it most when we have learned to do this we shall know that our prayers are answered God will do for us exceedingly Abundantly abundantly, according to the riches of his glory and the working of his mighty power. This is awesome and so powerful. This is how we need to learn how to pray. We need to believe the promises, trust in the promises, and have faith that when we pray, he hears us and he will deliver. And that is the type of praying that we need to do. We often don't have faith that the Lord is going to do what he promises that he would do. Instead, of relying on the Lord we cast doubts and we're not sure if the Lord is really gonna do what he says he can do we need to cast down every burden cast down every fear and go to the Lord and claim the promises and believe the promises and then go about our day and thank the Lord that he heard us and is going to do what is best for us because that is what he promised to do and that is the type of faith that we need to have Aaron as well as the people shrank away from Moses and they were afraid to come nigh him. Seeing their confusion and terror, but ignorant of the cause, he urged them to come near. He held out to them the pledge of God's reconciliation and assured them of his restored favor. They perceived in his voice nothing but love and entreaty, and at last one ventured to approach him. Too awed to speak, he silently pointed to the countenance of Moses and then toward heaven. The great leader understood his meaning. In their conscience guilt, feeling themselves still under the divine displeasure, they they could not endure the heavenly light which had they been obedient to God would have filled them with joy. There is fear and guilt. the soul that is free from sin will not wish to hide from the light of heaven. Only the sense of God's presence can banish the fear that for the timid child would make life a burden. Let him fix in his memory the promise. the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them Psalms 347. Let him read that wonderful story of Elisha in the mountain city. And between him and the host of armed foemen are a mighty encircling band of heavenly angels. Let him read how to Peter in prison and condemned to death God's angel appeared. How past the armored guards, the massive doors, and great iron gateway with their bolts and bars, the angel led God's servant forth in safety. Let him read of that scene on the sea when to the tempest-tossed soldiers and seamen, worn with labor and watching and long fasting, Paul the prisoner, on his way to trial and execution, spoke those grand words of courage and hope. Be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am, and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, though thou must be brought before Caesar, and, lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. In the faith of this promise, Paul assured his companions, There shall not a hair fall from the head of any of you. So it came to pass, because there was in that ship one man through whom God could work. The whole shipload of heathen soldiers and sailors was preserved. They escaped all safe to land. And you can read that story in Acts 27, 22 through 24, and verses 34 and 44. These are the stories that we need to remind ourselves of. And there are plenty more stories. David facing Goliath, 16-year-old boy against a giant man. All of these stories in the Bible are written for our benefit and for our good and we can glean so much from it. Daniel facing the lions. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego not bowing down even though their lives were on the line. All of these stories help us realize that God is there for us and with us and we have to be of good cheer and not be afraid. She continues, but our Lord does not deceive us. He does not say to us, do not fear there are no dangers in your path. He knows there are trials and dangers and he deals with us plainly. He does not propose to take his people out of the world of sin and evil but he points them to a never-feeling refuge. His prayer for his disciples was, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. In the world, he says, you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. The Lord knows that we're gonna have these doubts. The Lord knows that we're going to be struck with some hard times, but he also gives us the assurance that he will be with us and that he has overcome Satan and his that he has given us the tools and the ability and also that we can go to him for help. That is the greatest tool of all that he has given us and the greatest blessing because we are able to get through these hard times and these tribulations and the evil in the world because he has overcome the world and he is there to fight the battles for us. She continues, look away from yourself to Jesus. You may acknowledge that you are a sinner while at the same time it is your privilege to recognize Christ as your savior. He came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Difficulties and suggestions will be presented by Satan to the human mind, that he may weaken faith and destroy courage. He has manifold temptations that can come trooping into the mind, one succeeding another. But to closely study your emotions and give way to your feelings is to entertain the evil guest of doubt. And by so doing, you entangle yourself in perplexities of despair. You may inquire, what shall I do under these terrible suggestions? Expel them from the mind by looking at and contemplating the matchless depth of a Savior's love. Do not exalt your feelings and tell of them and worship them, whether good, bad, sad, or encouraging. Jesus invites us to come to him and he will lift the weights from our weary shoulders and place upon us his yoke, which is easy, and his burden, which is light. The path in which he invites us to walk would never have cost us a pang had we always walked in it. It is when we stray from the path of duty that the way becomes difficult and thorny. The sacrifices which we must make in following Christ are only so many steps to return to the path of light, of peace and happiness. Doubts and fears grow by indulgence, and the more they are indulged, the harder they are to overcome. It is safe to let go every earthly support and take the hand of him who lifted up and saved the sinking disciple on the stormy sea. Keep your wants, your joys, your sorrows, your cares and your fears before God. You can You cannot burden Him. You cannot weary Him. His heart of love is touched by our sorrows and even by our utterances of them. Take to Him everything that perplexes the mind. Nothing is too great for Him to bear, for He holds up world. He rules over all of the affairs of the universe. Nothing that in any way concerns our peace is too small for Him to notice. There is no chapter in our experience too dark for Him to read. There is no perplexity too difficult him to unravel. No calamity can befall the least of his children. No anxiety harass the soul. No joy cheer. No sincere prayer escape the lips of which our Heavenly Father is unobservant or in which he takes no immediate interest. The relations between God and each soul are distinct and full as though they were not another soul upon the earth to share his watch care. Not another soul for whom he gave his beloved son that is so beautiful when we go to the lord with all of our trials and all of our cares and all of our doubts he acts like we are the only person in the universe listening to us caring for us that he sent his son only for us and that is mind-blowing that is amazing to me to think about and you sh- should contemplate it on it as well when we are faced with these trials and with these temptations and with these struggles and with these fears and these doubts we need to cast them from our mind immediately. Don't continue to think about them. Don't continue to worry about them. Cast them on the Lord. Pray about them and claim the promises that he gives us knowing that he is there with us and listening to us and that we cannot weary him out with our cares and with our perplexities. That he is touched with the feeling of our infirmities because he knows what it was like. He was human once like us and he went through everything we went through. He went through really hard times a lot of temptation and he overcame it through prayer and he gave us an example by which we can do it and he gave us all of the tools necessary all of the promises all of the faith we just have to rely on it we have to do it and that sometimes is hard because we forget about it and we need to not fear of what is to come but we need to hold fast to the things that are steady and those things that are steady are the love and mercy and goodness of the Lord. 1 John 4, 18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Perfect love casts out all the fear in the world, and we don't need to fear for the things that are to come. We need to put our faith and trust in the Lord. Psalms 23, 4 says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Psalms 27.1. That is one of my favorites. The Lord is with us. So who do we need to fear? We have all of the greatest powers of heaven on our side. We don't have to fear anything. Psalms 27.3 says, Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. And we can be confident too, whether we have armies against us, whether we have all of these cares and worries. And these armies don't necessarily mean real soldiers, but the armies of daily battles, of, of struggles that we go through, the army of self-doubt, the army of guilt, the armies of putting yourself down, of the worries of life. All of those things are personal armies that we build up for ourselves. The fears and the struggles and the worries, we can put it all on the Lord and he will take care of us and lead us. And David knew this. That is why the Psalms is is full of all of these wonderful promises. I highly encourage you to read more of that for yourself. And it's amazing when we fall on the rock and we place our fears in the Lord. He will lift us up. Isaiah 41:10 says, fear thou not for I am with thee. Be not dismayed for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. That is a beautiful promise that the Lord gives us. We do not need to fear because the Lord is with us and he will strengthen us to help us through those times of troubles and there are going to be worse times of troubles than that is going on right now in the world these little time of troubles that we're going through only help us prepare for the times of trouble to come and that is why it is so essential to know how to get through these times of trouble and fear now because it's only going to get worse so we need to have faith and trust in the lord now before those times do get worse the Lord does not give us more than we are capable of handling. We are to cast all our cares upon him, for he careth for us. And these are just some of the promises. There are tons of promises in the Bible about how we don't have to fear and that we can put our trust and our faith in the Lord and that we can be confident in the Lord. And over and over and over again, the Lord says, cast your burdens on me. Do not be afraid. Peace be unto you. And like I said before, remember all of the stories in the Bible that we were given of examples where the Lord was with the people and even though the circumstances around them seemed dire the Lord was with them and he was able to comfort them now I wanted to sing this hymn and there's a lot of hymns that could go with this but I thought this one fit really well especially since we were talking about storms and weathering them and putting our trust and faith in the Lord it's will your anchor hold
1: will your anchor hold in the storms of life when the clouds unfold their wings of strife when the strong tides lift and the cables strain will your anchor drift or firm remain we have an anchor that keeps the soul steadfast and sure while the billows roll fastened to the rock which cannot move and deep in the Savior's love? Will your anchor hold in the straits of fear? When the breakers roar and the reef is near, while the surges rage and the wild winds blow, shall the angry waves in your bark flow? We have an anchor that keeps the soul steadfast and sure while the billows roll, fastened to the rock which cannot You can never fail while your anchor holds within the veil. We have an anchor that keeps the soul steadfast and sure. behold through the morning light the city of gold and the harbor bright will you anchor safe by the heavenly shore when life storms are past
0: We do have that anchor, which is Jesus, and we can rely on him and remain steadfast to the rock which cannot move. And we need to have that anchor, and we need to follow the compass that he's given us that will get us through the storms of life. And that compass is prayer, the promises, and the assurances, and most importantly of all, that we can go to him and believe on the promises that he gives us. And if we do all of these things, we do not have to fear for what tomorrow holds or of all of the little fears and worries of this life because he is with us ready to battle for us and to help us in times of trouble all we need to do is trust in the Lord and we will be rewarded and that is such a beautiful thing remember the promises and read them for yourself because there are so many promises in the Bible that is why we are encouraged to memorize the Bible to keep these promises fresh in our minds so that when we need them we can pull them up in front of our minds and and use them right when we need it, just when we need it most. He gives us that memory of that flash of, hey, I remember this. And this is what we can also use to encourage other people who are facing these same things that we are going through. So once we have this in our mind and we are using it, then we can better encourage and help people to go and face their fears and help them through hard times. Remember what it says in Matthew 5, 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So with all of this being said, let your light so shine so that you are a star witness for the Lord.